This episode of Getting the Word with Truth's Table is brought to you by IVP. What does the Old Testament, especially the Old Testament law, have to do with your Christian life? Keep listening after the episode to find out more. And by Truth's Table. If you've been blessed by these daily audio Bible podcast readings, please consider supporting Truth's Table on Patreon at patreon.com slash truthstable. This is IVP. In sharing the realities of humanity, the Bible does not shy away from the way that people unjustly sin against each other. Today's Bible audio episode features themes of human suffering, like sexual trauma and violence, that may be inappropriate for small children and triggering to others. While presently there is mixed research about the benefit of trigger warnings, we wanted to make you aware of this content so that you can govern yourselves accordingly. Reaching out to a trusted support, journaling, using relaxation techniques, and to the extent that you can, exercising or moving your body are best practices. Ultimately, we pray that even in the most difficult portions of Scripture, you come to know that the God of all justice and compassion sees you. Listening to Get in the Word with Truth's Table. Your word is truth, your word is Presented by Inner Varsity Press. The Daily Audio Bible Podcast, read by Dr. Christina Edmondson and Akemeni Uwan. Let's get in the Word, and may the Word get in us. Open our eyes that we may behold wonderful things in your Word. Old Testament reading. Amos, chapter 9. I saw the Lord standing by the altar, and he said, Strike the tops of the support pillars, so the thresholds shake. Knock them down on the heads of all the people, and I will kill the survivors with the sword. No one will be able to run away. No one will be able to escape, even if they could dig down into the netherworld. My hand would pull them up from there. Even if they could climb up to heaven, I would drag them down from there. Even if they were to hide on the top of Mount Carmel, I would hunt them down and take them from there. Even if they tried to hide from me at the bottom of the sea, from there I would command the sea serpent to bite them. Even when their enemies drive them into captivity, From there I will command the sword to kill them. I will not let them out of my sight. They will experience disaster, not prosperity. The sovereign Lord of heaven's armies will do this. He touches the earth and it dissolves. All who live on it mourn. The whole earth rises like the Nile River and then grows calm like the Nile in Egypt. He builds the upper rooms of his palace in heaven and sets its foundation supports on the earth. He summons the water of the sea and pours it out on the earth's surface. The Lord is his name. 
You Israelites are just like the Ethiopians in my sight, says the Lord. I brought Israel up from the land of Egypt, but I also brought the Philistines from Kaftor and the Arameans from Care. Look, the sovereign Lord is watching the sinful nation, and I will destroy it from the face of the earth. But I will not completely destroy the family of Jacob, says the Lord. For look, I am giving a command, and I will shake the family of Israel together with all the nations. It will resemble a sieve being shaken, when not even a pebble falls to the ground. All the sinners among my people will die by the sword. The ones who say, disaster will not come near, it will not confront us. The Restoration of the Davidic Dynasty In that day, I will rebuild the collapsing hut of David. I will seal its gaps, repair its ruins, and restore it to what it was like in days gone by. As a result, they will conquer those left in Edom and all the nations subject to my rule. The Lord who is about to do this is speaking. Be sure of this, the time is coming, says the Lord, when the plowman will catch up to the reaper and the one who stomps the grapes will overtake the planter. Juice will run down the slopes. It will flow down all the hillsides. I will bring back my people, Israel, and they will rebuild the cities lying in rubble and settle down. They will plant vineyards and drink the wine they produce. They will grow orchards and eat the fruit they produce. I will plant them on their land, and they will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them, says the Lord your God. 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 29. Jeroboam passed away and was buried in Samaria with the kings of Israel. His son Zechariah replaced him as king. 2 Kings chapter 15, verses 8 through 29. Zechariah's reign over Israel. In the 38th year of King Azariah's reign over Judah, Jeroboam's son Zechariah became king over Israel. He reigned in Samaria for six months. He did evil in the sight of the Lord, as his ancestors had done. He did not repudiate the sinful ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who encouraged Israel to sin. Shalem, son of Jabesh, conspired against him. He assassinated him and Ibliam, and took his place as king. The rest of the events of Zechariah's reign are recorded in the scroll called The Annals of the Kings of Israel. His assassination fulfilled the Lord's message to Jehu. Four generations of your descendants will rule on Israel's throne, and that is how it happened. Shalem, son of Jabesh, became king in the 39th year of King Uzziah's reign over Judah. He reigned for one month in Samaria. Menahem, son of Gadai, went up from Tirzah to Samaria and attacked Shalem, son of Jabesh. He killed him and took his place as king. The rest of the events of Shalem's reign, including the conspiracy he organized, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Israel. At that time, Menahem came down from Tirzah and attacked Tirzah. He struck down all who lived in the city and the surrounding territory because they would not surrender. He even ripped open the pregnant women. Menahem's reign over Israel. In the 39th year of King Azariah's reign over Judah, Menahem, son of Gadai, became king over Israel. He reigned for 10 years in Samaria. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not repudiate the sinful ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who encouraged Israel to sin. During his reign, Pul, king of Assyria, invaded the land. And Menahem paid him 1,000 talents of silver to gain his support 
and to solidify his control of the kingdom. Menahem got this silver by taxing all the wealthy men of Israel. He took 50 shekels of silver from each one of them and paid it to the king of Assyria. Then the king of Assyria left. He did not stay there in the land. The rest of the events of Menahem's reign, including all his accomplishments, are recorded in the scroll called The Annals of the Kings of Israel. Menahem passed away, and his son, Pekahiah, replaced him as king. Pekahiah's reign over Israel. In the fiftieth year of King Azariah's reign over Judah, Menahem's son, Pekahiah, became king over Israel. He reigned in Samaria for two years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not repudiate the sinful ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who encouraged Israel to sin. His officer, Pekah, son of Remaliah, conspired against him. He and fifty Gileadites assassinated Pekahiah, as well as Argob and Ariah. In Samaria, in the fortress of the royal palace, Pekah then took his place as king. The rest of the events of Pekahiah's reign, including all his accomplishments, are recorded in the scroll called the Annals of the Kings of Israel. Pekah's reign over Israel. In the 52nd year of King Azariah's reign over Judah, Pekah, son of Remaliah, became king over Israel. He reigned in Samaria for 20 years. He did evil in the sight of the Lord. He did not repudiate the sinful ways of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who encouraged Israel to sin. During Pekah's reign over Israel, King Tiglath, Pelisar of Assyria, came and captured Ijon, Abel, Beth, Mekah, Genoa, Kadesh, Hazor, Gilead, and Galilee, including all the territory of Naphtali. He deported the people to Assyria. Second Chronicles chapter 26, verses 11 through 23. Uzziah had an army of skilled warriors trained for battle. They were organized by divisions according to the muster rolls made by Jeel the scribe and Maseiah, the officer under the authority of Hananiah, a royal official. The total number of family leaders who led warriors was 2,600. They commanded an army of 307,500 skilled and able warriors who were ready to defend the king against his enemies. Uzziah supplied shields, spears, helmets, breastplates, bows, and slang stones for the entire army. In Jerusalem, he made war machines carefully designed to shoot arrows and large stones from the towers and corners of the walls. He became very famous, for he received tremendous support and became powerful. But once he became powerful, his pride destroyed him. He disobeyed the Lord his God. He entered the Lord's temple to offer incense on the incense altar. Azariah, the priest, and 80 other brave priests of the Lord followed him in. They confronted King Uzziah and said to him, It is not proper for you, Uzziah, to offer incense to the Lord. That is the responsibility of the priest, the descendants of Aaron, who are consecrated to offer incense. Leave the sanctuary, for you have disobeyed, and the Lord God will not honor you. Uzziah, who had an incense censer in his hand, became angry. While he was ranting and raving at the priests, a skin disease appeared on his forehead, right there in front of the priests in the Lord's temple near the incense altar. When Azariah, the high priest, and the other priests looked at him, there was a skin disease on his forehead. They hurried him out of there. Even the king himself wanted to leave quickly, because the Lord had afflicted him. King Uzziah suffered from a skin disease until the day he died. He lived in separate quarters, afflicted by a skin disease, and banned from the Lord's temple. 
his son, Jotham, was in charge of the palace and ruled over the people of the land. The rest of the events of Uzziah's reign, from start to finish, were recorded by the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos. Uzziah passed away and was buried near his ancestors, in a cemetery belonging to the kings. This was because he had a skin disease. His son Jotham replaced him as king. Isaiah chapter 6 In the year of King Uzziah's death, I saw the Lord seated on a high elevated throne. The hem of his robe filled the temple. Seraphs stood over him. Each one had six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And they used the remaining two to fly. They called out to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of heaven's armies. His majestic splendor fills the entire earth. The sound of their voices shook the door frames, and the temple was filled with smoke. I said, Woe to me! I am destroyed, for my lips are contaminated by sin, and I live among people whose lips are contaminated by sin. My eyes have seen the King, the Lord of heaven's armies. But then one of the seraphs flew towards me. In his hand was a hot coal he had taken from the altar with tongs. He touched my mouth with it and said, Look, this coal has touched your lips. Your evil is removed. Your sin is forgiven. I heard the voice of the Lord say, Whom will I send? Who will go on our behalf? I answered him, Here I am. Send me. He said, Go and tell these people. Listen continually, but don't understand. Look continually, but don't perceive. Make the hearts of these people calloused. Make their ears deaf and their eyes blind. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Their hearts might understand and they might repent and be healed. I replied, How long, Lord? He said, Until cities are in ruins and unpopulated, and houses are uninhabited, and the land is ruined and devastated, and the Lord has sent the people off to a distant place, and the very heart of the land is completely abandoned even if only a tenth of the people remain in the land, it will again be destroyed. Like one of the large sacred trees or an Asherah pole, when a sacred pillar on a high place is thrown down, that sacred pillar symbolizes the special chosen family. 2 Kings chapter 15, verses 6-7 through 7. The rest of the events of Azariah's reign, including all his accomplishments, are recorded in the scroll called The Annals of the Kings of Judah. Azariah passed away and was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. His son, Jotham, replaced him as king. New Testament reading, 1 Peter chapter 1 through chapter 2, verse 3. Chapter 1, Salutation. From Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those temporarily residing abroad in Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, the province of Asia, and Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by being set apart by the Spirit for obedience and for sprinkling with Jesus Christ's blood. May grace and peace be yours in full measure. New birth to joy and holiness. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he gave us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, that is, into an inheritance imperishable, undefiled, and unfading. It is reserved in heaven for you, who by God's power are protected through faith 
for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. This brings you great joy, although you may have to suffer for a short time in various trials. Such trials show the proven character of your faith, which is much more valuable than gold, gold that is tested by fire, even though it is passing away, and will bring praise and glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. You have not seen him, but you love him. You do not see him now, but you believe in him. And so you rejoice with an indescribable and glorious joy because you are attaining the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who predicted the grace that would come to you searched and investigated carefully. They probed into what person or time the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified beforehand about the sufferings appointed for Christ and his subsequent glory. They were shown that they were serving not themselves but you in regard to those things now announced to you through those who proclaim the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things angels long to catch a glimpse of. Therefore, get your minds ready for action by being fully sober and set your hope completely on the grace that will be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed. Like obedient children, do not comply with the evil urges you used to follow in your ignorance. But, like the Holy One who called you, become holy yourselves in all of your conduct, for it is written, You shall be holy, because I am holy. And if you address as Father the one who impartially judges according to each one's work, live out the time of your temporary residence here in reverence. You know that from your empty way of life inherited from your ancestors, you were ransomed, not by perishable things like silver or gold, but by precious blood, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb, namely Christ. He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was manifested in these last times for your sake. Through him you now trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory, so that your faith and hope are in God. You have purified your souls by obeying the truth in order to show sincere mutual love. So love one another earnestly from a pure heart. You have been born anew, not from perishable, but from imperishable seed, through the living and enduring word of God. For all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that was proclaimed to you. Chapter 2 So get rid of all evil and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, and yearn like newborn infants for pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up to salvation, if you have experienced the Lord's kindness. This is the word of God for the people of God. May God add a blessing to the reading of his word. Let us go boldly to God's throne of grace. Gracious and holy God, the one who has called us to be holy because you are holy. We thank you, O God, for your word today. We thank you, O Lord, that you have called us into fellowship with you, to sit at the feet of Jesus, to hear from scripture today, to grow up as disciples, to truly yearn, to yearn, O God, for pure spiritual milk. And Lord, we are thankful that you pour out blessings to your people, that you are returning for those who are waiting for you, 
and that when we seek you, you indeed can be found. You avail yourself to us, and your goodness and mercy follows us. So we thank you, O God, for your pursuing and persevering love towards your people. We thank you, O God, for these reminders of the ways in which we desperately need and needed the Lord Jesus Christ to live a perfect and holy life on our behalf, to have his righteousness imputed to us. We are reminded how people who claim to know you and that are your people, O God, can turn from your ethics, can turn from your commands so easily, so quickly. And we are in that number. And so we pray by grace that we ought to love you more. We pray by grace that our love would show up in obedience to your commands. We pray for the grace that makes us more like Jesus day to day. We pray for the grace to be poured out onto us where our reputation is above reproach, not only to those amongst believers, but those outside the family of faith. We pray, O God, that we would honor you in living lives, lives of simplicity and beauty and holiness and kindness and justice and compassion, that we would not despise the narrow way, that we would not despise your holiness. O God, that we would not be ashamed of your commands, of the law that you have presented to us, a law of love that represents you. But instead, we would be grateful that we are indeed your people and that we walk like you and talk like you and pray like you and act more like you day by day. Bless us with more of your spirit. Grant us more of the pure spiritual milk. Help us to discern folly and foolishness that distracts and denies your holiness and your righteousness. And in turn, help us, O God, to embrace the purity of your word and to delight and love your holiness and the holiness that you're calling us to. It is in Christ's name that we pray. Amen and amen. Carmen Imes, author of Bearing God's Name, guides us to Sinai, the ancient mountain where Israel met their God. Imes argues that we've misunderstood the command about taking the Lord's name in vain and that instead the command is about bearing God's name, a theme that continues throughout the Bible. Revisit the story of Israel from wilderness to promising future and discover why Sinai still matters as you follow Jesus today. Get your copy of Bearing God's Name today at ivpress.com. And as a listener of this podcast, you can get 30% off plus free U.S. shipping when you use the promo code The Word. That's code T-H-E-W-O-R-D at IVPress.com. We pray this time of getting the word with Truth Table has encouraged us all to not only be hearers of God's word, but doers. Share your reflections on these scriptures with us on Twitter and Instagram using the hashtag get in the word and hashtag Truth's Table. Saints, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Go with God. 
Get in the Word with Truth's Table is a production of InterVarsity Press. For 75 years, IVP has created and published resources that deepen lives for Christ to engage the university, church, and the world. Visit ivpress.com for more information. Our Bible reading plan is from biblestudytogether.com and the Bible version is the new English translation used by permission. Sound engineering is from Pottery Studios and our executive producer is Helen Lee.